Thank you for tuning in to another fun episode with two of your favorite Mouska moms, Jennifer. Hello. And Juliana. Hello. What's up? So with 2022 bookings at um, all destination Disney destinations in full force, right? They're booking up quick in 2022. All the Disney hotels are open. Um, we thought this would be a great opportunity to give you our take on on-site versus some amazing off-site options that you might have when planning your trip to Walt Disney World. But of course, before we get into it, let's first go for that Mouska cocktail. Yes, we have a good one for you today. I can't believe that in almost 100 episodes, we have not discussed this one yet because it's one that um, I've had several times and I love to treat myself to it. This fabulous drink is something that you can find in Epcot, of course, because we have long established that's the Mask Mom's favorite theme park. <laughs> uh, you can find it year round. It's not just a specialty item for those festivals and you can find it in the garden house in the Japan Pavilion. It is, of course, the Violet Sake. It is delicious. It is refreshing. Um, it is pear syrup, sake, water, a squeeze of fresh lime. Super delicious, really refreshing, nice and cold. It's not a frozen drink. It's not overly sweet. I love pear, so um, it's just light and refreshing and delicious. Is it purple? It is. It's How violet, makes it purple? Violet sake. I don't know. Oh, it's violet sake. So the sake has like a violet infusion. I guess it's delicious. It doesn't taste floral at all because I know we've had issues with floral drinks in Japan. Yeah. So this is another great reason for like Japan to redeem themselves from tastes all like right, Japan. Stuff. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. It's so good. And it's always there. And they also have another drink that I know a lot of people get in Japan that I've never had, but I heard is also delicious. Uh, I feel, I think it's called like the Tokyo sunrise, but okay. it sounds a little sweet. This sounds a little sweet too, but I promise it's so good. It's like a, it All almost right. reminds me of like a lemonade. I'm going to put this on my post half marathon list. Oh yeah, definitely good for that marathon recovery. <laughs> I'm only going to Epcot that day, that that trip. So, I mean, is there another theme park? There, no, no. It's a quick <laughs> in and out, run the race, go to the park, go home. Anyway, I digress. So, I think that sounds fabulous. It is. All right. So off-site resorts versus on-site resorts. This is a really big question for people planning their Walt Disney World vacation. When we talk about the steps to planning a vacation to Walt Disney World, number one is pick your dates. And number two is where are you staying? And it with so many options, both on-site and off-site, it can be super overwhelming. Um, if you and, and there are pros and cons to both staying on-site and off-site. And then there are different pros and cons depending on which off-site option you choose. We've obviously talked a ton about Disney resorts and why we love the on-site resorts. Um, so let's jump into some of the off-site situations that uh, that we can consider. Absolutely. I think that there are four different categories when we talk about off-site. There might even be more, but the ones that we're going to focus on today are the Disney Springs area resorts because, believe it or not, even though it's off-property, it's really kind of on-property. Um, the Gateway Resorts, which are located in Bonnet Creek, which again, they are considered off property because they're not Disney owned, but location wise, those are still pretty much on property. We have some boardwalk area resorts that fit into this category because again, they're not Disney owned, but they're, on, they're literally on the boardwalk. Um, I guess five categories because we also have, <laughs> what is what did you call it? The random Super 8 in Kissimmee? Right. The Super 8 down the street. The, 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 yeah. Those, I, we don't cover those. We just We're, don't because yeah. I feel like there's, first of all, there's way, the greater Orlando area has as many hotels as Vegas. Don't yes. quote me on that. I didn't fact check. But seriously, yes. it's just far yes. too many. We're going to narrow it down to the ones that we know and love. Yes. And, and the rest, buyer beware. We can't, we yes. can't help you out. <laughs> 
nevertheless, that's still a category of hotel, I guess, when you're when you're talking about planning for Disney. And then the last big category that I've been getting a lot of questions about lately are the category of VRBO or Airbnb rentals that you can do in the surrounding Orlando area that is near Disney. Um, so I think that I think that we should just start with pros and cons in general. Okay. Um, so the Disney Springs resorts, the Gateway resorts in Bonnet Creek, and the Boardwalk area resorts, we can talk about that all as a lump category because, again, these are all hotels that we're talking about that are not Disney-owned, so therefore they're, they're like off-site. However, they are very much on property. So that is the category. So obviously, one of the biggest pros is the location because they are on Disney property. So for the Disney Springs area resorts, obviously, by the name, they were, are within walking distance to Disney Springs, which is great. Um, gateway resorts are basically they're backing up to the theme parks. So again, that's great. Usually those hotels are a little bit higher in price point just because of their location and their proximity to the theme parks. Um, and then we have the boardwalk area resorts, which you guys have probably heard of, the Swan, the Dolphin, and then the newest Swan Reserve. So the pros for staying at any of those resorts is that, you know, they are not Disney owned, but they still are on Disney property. Um, also, the other huge pro is that all of those resorts, when you're booking them as a package with tickets, you get a lot of the perks that you get when you book an on-site resort through Disney. So we'll... well Let's talk about what it means to book it as a package. When you book these hotels as a package, it's like any other package with Disney. With your tickets, it falls under the same um, uh, deposit and cancellation policies, which can be really nice. Instead of putting up, you know, maybe a, a full nights or paying in full, depending on what different hotels require at the time of booking. With these, it comes with the two hundred dollar deposit, thirty day cancellation, you know, or thirty day final payment, the whole spiel that that we're used to from Disney, the flexibility of booking there. So that's a nice perk because you don't have to pay, especially because you don't have to pay for your tickets up front when you do it this way. If you were to book these hotels separately, your tickets, which you need to have well in advance so you can make park pass reservations, your tickets, have to be purchased separately. And when you purchase your tickets separately, they're not refundable and you've paid for them upfront, which let's be honest for a family of four can be at least a thousand dollars. So it, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit riskier. So definitely the pro of booking some of these resorts um, is that you can book them through Disney and that when you do so, it kind of eliminates that financial risk for you and it gives you a, simultaneously it gives you all of these perks as well. Um, the price point is an obvious pro for booking some of these um, non-Disney owned resorts. The majority of the resorts that we're talking about here in this category, which is the Boardwalk area, the, the Gateway and um, the Disney Springs area hotels, um, the price point is very comparable to a moderate resort on Disney property. Um, so, you know, you might ask, why then would you, why then would you opt to book off-site on one of these non-Disney owned properties? And there are a lot of different answers. Um, when you book some of these resorts, you can't, because they're owned by larger companies, if you have a loyalty card, like a, a Marriott card, a Hilton or Hyatt loyalty program, you can book with your points. So that is the number one reason that I see people booking these off-site hotels because the price point is pretty similar to a, mod, a Disney on-site moderate hotel. But keep in mind that if you book one of these non-Disney owned hotels using your loyalty points, you are not booking through Disney and therefore you are not getting those perks and you are not getting that $200 deposit, the, all those things that Juliana was talking about before. So there's kind of a give and take here, um, which is important to, to note. 
Um, the other biggest reason that I see for people opting to book some of these types of um, non-Disney owned properties is that there are a lot of them that are great for Disney families for larger families, <laughs> larger Disney families, larger Disney families. A lot of these hotels offer suites, offer right. multiple bedroom right. villas with kitchens, um, still in the moderate price point. But to get that kind of room in Disney, you've now bumped yourself up to more of a deluxe or deluxe right. villa price point. Right. You're at a villa price. So, right. And these, these might be moderate to deluxe basic room pricing, but when you're, what you're getting is a lot more space in some of these hotels. And I think that for me and my client base is usually the biggest reason that they look into these hotels. Actually, I take it back. The biggest reason they look into these hotels is because what they want at Disney is no longer available. They want a certain category or a certain room and it's not available. And so then we start looking into these for a little more space at the same price. Um, and again, booking through Disney, always making it just a little bit easier on your wallet in the beginning. So the other cool thing, too, is with um, these uh, Disney Springs area gateway and Boardwalk area resorts is that you can have the option. Is this right, Jen, of adding a quick service dining card to your package, which is not even something you can do when staying on site. So if you like this quick little perk of prepaying for your quick service meals, which is really what it is, it's like a prepaid gift card. Um, you can do that here, which I think is pretty cool. It's it's one of the few things that you can get there that you can't get at Disney. So. Yeah, I think that, that the reason that um, these hotels started offering this is because when the Disney dining plans were a thing, you were not able to get a dining plan if you were not staying in a Disney property resort. And so people who are staying in these good neighbor hotels, that and this is a perk that you can only get if you book it as a Disney package. Um, this was their solution to placate those people. All right, you can't get a dining plan, but you can prepay and we'll give you this card. It's kind of like a gift card, but it can only be used in dining locations. And and even with that, I think you can only use it in quick service or like snack right. uh, location. Right. It is a quick service dining card. So the reason that they did this other than to placate the people, the fact that they is that you can't have your magic bands can't charge to your room when you're staying at any of these hotels. And that's also a really important distinction to make. I love a magic band. I love to take a magic band. I love not having to use my wallet. Um, and so you can still purchase a magic band. You can't purchase it at a discount as you can with an on-site hotel, even if you book through Disney. Um, you can still purchase one at full price and link it to your account and use it to get into the parks and for your um, uh, lightning lanes and all of that, which for me is worth it and super convenient, but you can't charge to your room. And so that's why people get this gift card that they can use instead. Um, but that's another, well, I guess we'll move into the cons. I think that's my first con of staying at these hotels is that you can't use a magic band for purchases because I really, really, really like to do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's just me. Yes. Um, and then the other, the other, the big thing, right? The big thing for me that 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 makes it hard is that that it it is while they're still on property, they're just a little bit outside the Disney bubble. The hotels themselves don't have the grand Disney theming. If that's something that matters to you, it's it's it you know. For most people, I don't think this is a real deal breaker because you're still really close to the action anyway, but your rooms and all that, they're not going to have that whole I don't think Disney it's a vibe. deal breaker for people who are new to Disney, but I think once you stay in a Disney resort and you see, actually yeah. experience what it means to be in the bubble. Agreed. Most of these hotels are very generic and very bland. We talked a lot about how a lot of them are owned by Hyatt and Hilton and Marriott. And those are just very, they're very lovely and they're nice and they're, they're, they're good for what you need them for, but they're very bland and generic. Whereas we know from staying on property, Disney pays a lot of attention to detail with their theming and their decor, even, you know, from value all the way up to deluxe villa, everything mm -hmm. is themed and well thought out. So I think that's a, a, a big one with the Disney bubble. Yeah. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the specific hotels that we're speaking of in a couple of minutes, because some of them, while they might not have the theming, they do offer some other things that are pretty cool that I've seen and, and experienced and love. But, but we'll get into that as we talk about the 
all the specific hotels in just a second. I think the thing that is a deal breaker sometimes for some people um, is the shuttle situation from these hotels. It's not quite the same as Disney's transportation through their on-site hotels where there's just regular bus service constantly going. Um, these hotels um, sort of operate on a different shuttle. They make multiple stops, right? Like the deluxes at Disney have their, they each have their own designated yeah. shuttle and they're not sharing. Um, and also there's been some changes just in general in life post COVID to shuttle service. So a lot of these hotels, well, actually I take it back. We're just talking about the the ones that are the on-site off-sites as I like to call them, <laughs> the yeah. Disney Springs, the Boardwalk and the Gateway Hotels. So it's tell us about thing. that. How is that running now? Yeah, I think the big thing with that is that just like you said, they they all of them make multiple stops. So you'll get the Disney Springs shuttle and they will make multiple stops to all, not all, but a bunch of the multiple different um, Disney Springs area resorts. So you could have long travel times. They also don't run quite as frequently um, uh, or regularly as the on-site options for, you know, for various reasons. So that's something to consider also. So unless you're, you know, really planning on Ubering everywhere or maybe renting a car, which comes with its other list of cons, um, you're going to have to definitely pack your patience when it comes to getting your transportation, especially to the theme parks. When you're talking about being in the Disney Springs area resorts, there are a lot of ways to get over to Disney Springs um, without having to wait for a shuttle. And then, you know, you could take the Disney Springs buses, but then you're going to, you're having to take a Disney Springs bus to a resort and then waiting at the resort for a bus to your theme park. It's just a mess. But um, transportation yeah, can be a trick, even if you drive, it can be a trick. I like to drive to Disney when I'm staying on Disney property because I pay the hotel fee to park and then I drive to the parks and there's no parking fee. But you can have a double whammy at some of these hotels because correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that they get included parking at the theme parks like on-site guests do. Right. And it, and it also depends on how you're booking it. When you're booking these on-site, off-site <laughs> options through Disney, the price that you're getting, all of those fees and extras are included. Not necessarily parking, but all of the other just basic fees and taxes right. are included in that price. When you're booking one of these on-site, off-site properties and you're using your loyalty points or whatever, um, that price that you're seeing on the hotel website or Orbitz or Expedia or whatever it is that you're using, they don't always include those resort fees and taxes and all that stuff until you get to the pay payment window. Yeah, you but definitely want to look at bottom line compared to bottom line. But like yeah. Jen said, speaking of parking, that is not something that's outlined in bottom lines at hotels. And so just so you know, with Disney, they do charge parking at the hotels. I think it's 10, 15 and $20 value moderate deluxe. I don't know off the top of my head with each of these other hotels, what they charge for parking at the hotels, but it but it but they do and it's different for all of them. And, and then Disney like I said charged at check-in. Same with Disney. Right. Disney, you know up front this is what it's gonna be. Right. Um, for these other resorts, I don't know if that's as clear, but regardless, this is something that you it's an extra it's something to consider. And and then in addition, the double whammy, I think, with some of these is that I don't believe, and I will check myself, I don't believe that when staying at these on-site off-sites, parking at the theme parks is additional, which it is not when you're on site. So that's what I was talking about with the double whammy for parking when you're doing that. The yes. other thing that is kind of a bummer when you're doing this is when you stay, even if you book through Disney, right? When you stay at one of these, we're calling them on-site off-sites today. When you stay at one of these, instead of being able to book your dining at 60 days from check-in for the length of your stay, you have to get up at 6 a.m. or your travel agent does, which we'll happily do for you, at 6 a.m. every day of your stay to book the trip. And that's fine. It's We're happy to get up and do it for you. But dining is very challenging when you're going day by day. It's much easier to get a dining reservation, you know, 60 days before April 10th, if I can start doing that on February 3rd instead of February 10th, if that makes any sense. Um, 
So, so that's the, that's the problem there. Especially that's a huge consideration, especially if you have um, really highly coveted right. grants on your wish list, like Space 220 is a really great example. Yes. It's not something that you really want to eat in. That's a reservation that's not likely going to happen when you're only able to book one day at a time. Right. Able to start booking for your entire week at the beginning of your check-in. And so you, you know, when you're when you're booking off-site one day at a time, you're competing with people who were already able to book reservations on on the day that you're trying to get reservations for. So it's challenging and 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 tricky. So that's something to really consider. And so, so the other thing that um, is is something to consider is with, in regards to Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane selections. So while everyone who has a ticket at to a park and a theme park reservation can make their first Genie Plus selection at seven a.m., regardless of where they're staying, um, the people who want to make individual Lightning Lane purchases. If you're on site, you can do that beginning at 7 a.m. But if you are staying off site, mostly, I'll explain in a second, you have to wait until the park opens to do that. So if the park is opening at nine o'clock and you want to ride, I'm just going to say it, Rise of the Resistance, if you're not staying on property, you are waiting in the standby line. So you need to be at rope drop. Oh, but by the way, at rope drop, the people who are staying on site right now anyway, are getting in a half an hour early and you're waiting in a line to get in. So by the time you get to that ride, that line could be, I hate to tell you, three hours. It could be. So that's a big thing. And and talking about Genie Plus versus individual lightning lane is a whole other two hour situation. We're not going to do that. But but you know, just FYI, if you're paying for these services, this is the way it works. Genie Plus, you're fine. You'll be able to do it. Individual lightning lanes attraction selections, you're at a distinct disadvantage and you might not be able to get it unless, unless you're staying at the Swan or Dolphin or Swan Reserve, I believe. Right. And was there another one? Shades of Green. Shades of Green, of course. And Shades of Green, we haven't really mentioned that is the um, military uh, hotel. So we're not really going to cover that because it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, So it's definitely something to consider. But like I said, unless you are staying at the Swan and Dolphin, which, um, I actually didn't realize that until just now and makes me very excited, but we'll get into that too. And now a word from our sponsors. Mouse Kamams are avid travel enthusiasts and our podcast is sponsored by Kingdom and Cruise Travel. If you are interested in booking a vacation to Disney or any other worldwide destination, be sure to check out the website kingdomandcruise.com and their Facebook page, Kingdom and Cruise Travel. All right, so the resorts. Let's talk about the favorite one in Disney Springs. There are a few. I have stayed. There are two Hilton properties in Disney Springs that I actually really, really like. There's the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, which is pretty standard Hilton. It's nice. It has a lot of amenities, whatever. My favorite, and actually sometimes garners a lower price point, and I haven't figured out why yet, is almost literally right next door. And that is the, I'm going to mess up the name because the names are like exactly the same. It's the Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace, Disney Springs area. And this one has decent dining, but what it really has that I love is um, a great huge pool area, zero entry pool and a lazy river. And it is located within steps of Disney Springs. You just walk over the bridge and there you are. My family likes this resort in particular, but we like to do this. We like to take advantage of the offsites when we don't want to pay for an extra night at Disney. I don't like to go to a park on my arrival day, but I don't necessarily want to shell out deluxe money for a night that I'm not going to a park. So we have done this where we've, you know, driven in or flown in, gotten there mid-afternoon, stayed at the Hilton Lake Buena Vista Palace. I think I met, I added a lake in there, the Buena Vista Palace, enjoyed the amenities, had dinner at Disney Springs at night, walked back over, gotten up early the next morning and gone to our hotel to drop off our stuff on our way into the park. So I do recommend it and they have a lot of great stuff to do. And like I said, I love, I, when I, when I do this plan, I always try to stay at a Disney Springs resort just because then there's fun and action and nighttime stuff that I don't need a park ticket for that I can do right there. Also nice there is um, the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista. I will tell you that I've not stayed there, but it's also really nice. And it's the same price point that we're looking at about like two fifty a night for a standard room for all of these, which 
again, is good. And this one has a really nice um, pool and playground area as well. Pretty views and it's quiet. Yes, the other one that's super popular for people to book is the B Resort and Spa. Um, again, it's a high rise hotel. It's still in the Disney Springs area. The good thing about this one is they also have a really cool zero entry pool and a kid's spa. Um, and again, all of these, um, a kid's spa, how cute is that? Um, all of these, <clears throat> uh, hotels are going to be really much, pretty much in the same price range at two thirty to two fifty a night. So, um, anyone that you pick you're going to be in kind of a, a, a good deal. The Hilton's that, that Juliana was mentioning, I like that the sound of those just because of that, you know, you're literally right there by the pedestrian pedestrian bridge over to Disney Springs. So it's an easy hop over there to um, enjoy the nightlife. So especially yeah. for someone who wants to take advantage of going to Disney Springs all the time, I don't think you can get much closer to that unless you stay maybe at Saratoga Springs Resort. Right. Um, a much higher price point. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, like I said, I haven't been able to pull the trigger to do it for an entire Disney vacation, but um, I might, I might be convinced. I will tell you in a little bit. Well, when we talk about the gateway resorts next, what I would be willing to spend my entire Disney vacation on an on-site offsite. This is, I'll, I'll tell you which one I would choose and it's in the gateway area and I'm just going to go for it first. It's the four seasons. <laughs> there is a Four Seasons that is literally located right inside the legendary Golden Oaks community. Do you guys know what this is? Does everyone know Golden Oaks? It's like Disney's neighborhood and it is elite, elite. Um, it's located right in there just behind Magic Kingdom. There are lots of room categories here. There's a lot of connecting rooms. So if you have a larger family, there are options. Um because of its amazing location right behind Magic Kingdom, you know, a good portion of the rooms have theme park views, which means fireworks views. So while this isn't a Disney themed hotel, this is a luxury, beautiful Four Seasons hotel. Yes. You this do feel not, like you're at Disney. This is not an on-site, off-site option that we're telling you about to save you money. No. <laughs> This is an on-site, off-site option that we're telling you about because this is a resort stay. So I know we've talked a lot about in previous podcasts doing a split stay if you've always wanted to try a deluxe resort, but it's kind of out of your price point. Um, staying at a value or a moderate for the bulk of your trip when you're visiting the theme parks, and then adding a couple days at the end at, at a Disney deluxe resort to really just stay at the resort. This is another one that I would totally do that for. Do my four park days at a lower price point hotel and then leave the bubble and go stay at the Four Seasons and be pampered in London. Seriously. I think, though, in order to get to the Four Seasons for me and my family, my four park days are going to have to be at the Super 8 down the street because the Four Seasons can run an average of about, wait for it, $1,200 per night. Yeah. Um, so this is a for me, you know, God bless you if, if that's no big deal. But for me, this is a, a dream vacation um, during during COVID. Well, we're still during COVID. After the theme parks reopened, the Four Seasons was doing and a lot of American kids were still doing virtual school. The Four Seasons offered a staycation where it was like, you know, we have rooms set up for mom and dad to work. We have rooms set up for your kids to work. And and then they can do their school, you can do your work, and then you're here and you are you can go to the theme parks after, you can enjoy, they had kids clubs and all these things. They have things for the entire family. You might think I'm not taking my kids to the Four Seasons. You don't have to, there's an adult pool. You can stay away from other people's kids too, but there's also a family pool that has a lazy river and a slide. There's just a ton of things to do here. You could go here and never even go to Disney. I don't know why you would, but you could, you could. Absolutely. There's also um, a Waldorf um, located in Bonnet Creek, kind of close to the theme parks. And it offers a lot of cool things, kids club, golf course, upscale pool, yada, yada. Um, for those of you who don't know, Waldorf is a Hilton property. So it falls under the Hilton family of brands. So if you're a points person, this might be an option for you. Um, it's it's not my favorite. I'm not going to lie. I'll be perfectly honest. I... I, I um, 
we were a Hilton loyal family for a really long time. And we stayed at a lot of um, Hilton properties on points. And this one just isn't worth it to me. It's just another hotel. There are many, many nicer Waldorfs in the world. Um, My thing is that this this prices is at about six sixty a night for just a regular room, which is very comparable to something that you would pay on site for a deluxe resort. Exactly. And even though you can see from some of the rooms fireworks in the distance. Um, you could probably stay at the Contemporary and see fireworks, fireworks right there for not much more than what this is. So right. you can um, easily stay. At, you could easily stay at Wilderness Lodge for this price and see fireworks from the beach. Absolutely. So I, for me, I, I, it's just not for me. It's not good enough. It's not special enough. I hate to, to bash. I'm not bashing it. It's a nice, lovely hotel, but it's not I good enough. I think this one made the list mostly because if you are a Hilton loyalty card person, it's a good option for you if you can, you know, either get points or redeem points for your stay and you like the luxury, then then this is a great option for yeah, you. Yeah, I suppose. I would still advise you to stay at Buena Vista Palace. I really would. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Um, so, but again, you know, to each his own. And, and a lot of the other hotels that we like in this gateway area, which is um, in the Bonnet Creek area of the on-site, off-site Disney location, a lot of those options offer suites. So you have all of those Marriott brands like the Fairfield Inn, the Marriott, the Resident Inn, Homewood Suites, all of those types of things that offer right. the larger room for those larger families at a price point that is significantly lower than what you will pay for accommodations for a larger family on site. So that's um, that's something to consider as well and a really good reason for you to stay in this on-site, off-site um, location. Um, Wyndham Bonnet Creek is another popular one for this because it does offer some of the larger villa style locations. This um, location is actually kind of two parts in one. There's one part that's just really kind of basic hotel rooms and the other part that's a timeshare that you can stay in as well that have those larger accommodations. But just beware that Anytime you stay in a timeshare kind of location, you will be accosted by people who are trying to solicit you to listen to their presentations. So just keep that in mind, but still a good option. Um, and then the last category that, uh, one of the last categories that we're going to talk about are, the, are those boardwalk area resorts, which um, the Swan, the Dolphin, and the new Swan Reserve. Those definitely, when when we're talking about those on-site, off-site options, I think those have the most perks. These are them. the most on-site, on-site, off-sites, right? Yes. And they do share the most perks. When you think about the Swan and the Dolphin and driving to Disney World in the late 80s, early 90s, these were the first things that you saw. Like everyone associates these hotels with Disney. And when you tell people that they're not actually Disney hotels, they are surprised. So these are the most official, unofficial Disney hotels. They might as well be. Um, and like I said earlier, these come with the... Um, the um, Disney Genie perks, so yes. individual lightning lanes. Yes, um, with um, you know you you can book them still as a Disney package, right? Um, but even still, no Magic Band charging privileges, no Magic Band discount purchase privileges, and um, what was the other thing? No, well, no dining plans, but nobody's doing dining plans, right? Actually, but could you do? I think you could do dining plan. No. I can't remember. Not yep. it's because nobody's got dining plans. But like you said, they're right there, and the price point. I, I so on a good day they can be like in the threes to four hundreds. But I've been seeing them lately running more at the deluxe price. And then the the new Swan Reserve that looks gorgeous is kind of just across the street, like a little bit farther away from the boardwalk area in my cognitive map, which could be totally wrong. Um, it it's. I think runs a little bit higher. It's slated to open soon. I am supposed to be staying there at the end of February and I am very nervous that it's not going to open in time. When I was down there in October, it looked built The you know, there was, there was just a finishing touches kind of um, stuff with the, the gates up and whatnot. But um, 
anyway, we'll see. I look forward to reporting back on the Swan Reserve because it is totally new and I like new and fancy things. And it looks like it's going to be pretty luxurious from the renderings that I've looked at. So, but the Swan and Dolphin have been there forever. Forever. And these are definitely, like you said, in the higher range of pricing for the moderate and low deluxe, but I think they're still cheaper to stay in those than any of the Disney. On- yeah, for like, sure. And they, yacht, um, and they do offer a little, a little bit more room in some of the rooms. One of them is what this one, I can't remember which the Swan or the Dolphin. One of them has room for five and one of them doesn't have rooms for five. And I can always tell you that when we're looking, um, when we're booking, but, but if you're desperate to stay, if you're like us and, Epcot's your jam and you're desperate to stay in one of the boardwalk area resorts, but those those deluxe resorts and the deluxe villas are just still a little bit above your price range. This is a great, great option. because I mean, you see- might as well be at the Yacht Club. It is right next door. And the pool here is really nice and I love it. And you can walk over to the boardwalk area. You can walk to mini golf. You can, you can do it all. So... I mean, for me, it's a tough call, though, whether or not I would prefer to be here or in the Disney Springs area. But I think this edges out because of the proximity to Epcot. Yeah. Like you said, I think the Disney Springs area is great for those, you know, one night stays when you're when you don't want to pay this price point for one night. But well, I was I was laughing to myself when you were like, if you want to end your trip with two nights at the more expensive hotel and, and stay value on your park days. And I was like, that is completely the opposite of what I would do. <laughs> but makes more sense because I had just said I'll spend my non-park day at a cheaper place in Disney Springs. But that's for different reasons. It just totally depends on your trip. I do that because I want to be closer to the parks when I'm going to the parks. And so... But um, that's very funny. But maybe I'll do both. Maybe I'll stay at a Hilton for the first night and then stay at Pop Century for and then for, you know, a few nights on my park days. And then I'll spend some time at the Four Seasons. It is a good plan. (laughs) The best of both worlds. I mean, I think it's the last thing to talk about when we're talking about off-site properties. Now, this is to move to the off-site, off-site properties. So there are two basic categories for that. There are those off-site properties, which is every hotel brand and every hotel chain and every hotel possible, more than the Vegas Strip, um, in Kissimmee and Orlando and those areas surrounding the theme parks. But there are so many of them that we are not at all going to spend our time narrowing them down for you. You can definitely find something incredibly inexpensive. But the one thing that we're going to tell you about is to really evaluate the pros and cons of saving that much money on your hotel stay. Because now you have the con where all of those resorts that fit into that category or sorry, none of those resorts that fit into that category will you be able to book through Disney, which means that in all of those situations, your tickets are going to have to be a separate, non-refundable, paid-in-full purchase, which is a financial risk in these right. days. Just and, and also all the perks, there's none. So just look at it as you are now a Disney day guest. That That is it. You are a day guest at Disney, which which comes with really no benefits. Um, Not to mention the least of which is your transportation. So we talked about transportation being an option, being difficult for these on-site, off-site who have the shuttle access with multiple shuttles. In the days of COVID, many of these off-off-site resorts have gotten rid of their shuttle options because of um, driver shortage issues. And, you know, usually that perk is kind of the first to go. So now you have to consider when you're staying off off site, how are you going to get to the theme parks? And in a lot of these cases, a shuttle is not an option anymore right now, temporarily or not. So you need to really factor in then the cost of either using rideshare every day round trip back and forth from your hotel. And by that you know, only once because you're not going to want to pay that multiple times to take breaks for lunch or nap time um, or renting a car. And we've seen a lot of issues with car rentals lately in this age of COVID. And, 
you know, um, uh, supply chain demand affecting the car industry, which oh is my gosh, it's been so crazy. I mean, car rentals was crazy before. Remember that Seinfeld episode? Anyone can take a reservation. It's the holding of the reservation because they rented a car, but they didn't have the car. So he was telling the person at behind the desk, but it's true. I have a reservation. I know you have a reservation. We don't have a car. Anyone can take a reservation. You have to hold the reservation. That's the point of a reservation. Jerry Seinfeld does it better than I do. But anyway, car rentals can be tricky. That's not to say you can't do it. Look, Lori's doing it right now, and she's having the time of her life. It depends on the vacation. She didn't. Well, she drove her own. Right. But, but I mean, just an overall staying, staying at an offsite offsite, she's doing an Airbnb. She's loving it. She's having a great time. And I'm going to be staying in over spring break at the Hilton Orlando, which is nowhere near Disney because I'm doing non-Disney stuff. So there's plenty of great places and it's not an impossible vacation to stay offsite and go to Disney. But it's like I say before, it's taking a, a, a trip and turning it into a vacation when you stay at Disney for me, like, um, something to consider when you're comparing apples to apples price-wise. So don't just look at that $114 a night hotel and think that, oh, well, you know, staying at a value is $175 a night. Okay. So take that $114. What is it going to be now if I have to pay for an Uber round trip every single day? Or what is it going to be when I factor in the price of the rental car? And when you're renting a car, you need to pay for parking at the theme parks. Um, and we just talked about how you also usually need to pay for parking at the hotel. So really, it takes a lot more math. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a much more effort vacation. Not even math and, and all that, but like every part of it. We've And we like, well, look, we've laid it all out for you. You heard us. You know the spiel. And we VRBO and Airbnb is a lot of people are really curious about that. And I think the big pro for that one is when you're doing that kind of rental, you're getting a house. Um, so you are like Lori, you are getting a house oftentimes with its own pool and right. bedroom for separate bedrooms for your kids and a full kitchen. And you it's know, it's a different vacation. And for some families, that's absolutely what you need and absolutely what is perfect. And it is not at all something that you will be able to compare price-wise to anything on property. So if that is you, then do you. And that is a great way to vacation for your family as well. But just, you know, do consider the issues of travel time to and from the parks, of, of paying for parking, of paying, you know, all those different different kinds of things and cancellation policies. I need to insert my buyer beware for cancellation policies for VRBO and Airbnb. A lot of them have no wiggle room. So, um, well, it's owner specific. I came to learn during canceling many, a reservation yes. the last two years. Um, so well, it's fine print. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And with any booking, of course, with any booking. But obviously, it's a lovely vacation, no matter how you do it. But we make no bones about the fact that we are typically, in general, when we are planning family Disney vacations, where Disney's the focus, we're on-site people. The pros for us are, first and foremost, the Disney bubble. We we bought it, if you haven't noticed, we bought it hook, line, and sinker. We're fans. We love it. It, I am, I have been moping around the house for days because Lori's there without us. Like I want to be at Disney. I keep complaining to my husband. I'm, I'm going in a month and I still am, well, a month and a half and I'm still whining that I'm not there. So love the Disney bubble. Granted, I'm going in a month and staying at the Swan Reserve, but it still feels like the Disney bubble to me, that one. Anywho, um, there's all the perks we talked about, the early morning hours. By the way, deluxe resorts right now are getting at some parks on select nights two extra evening hours, which is super cool. Uh, Swan Reserve, Swan and Dolphin are included in that. And I think there might be the Wyndham might, Bonnet Creek might be as well. I'll double check on that. Um, so I maybe not. I don't know. I know that there were, they say select hotels. I know definitely the, the Swalfin. The Swalfin for sure. Um, a huge perk, as we mentioned, was booking your dining at 60 plus 10. And when we say 60 plus 10, what we mean is if you are staying on site, you can book 60 days from check-in 
for every day, your entire length of stay up to 10 days. Whereas if you're offsite, it's 60 days from each individual day that you want a dining reservation, which is, um, which makes it difficult to get the ones that you want. Disney transportation, we've talked about that a lot, which includes the parking and all of that. The other benefit to staying on, on site that we talked about was being able to purchase those individual lightning lane selections at 7 a.m. versus waiting until 9 a.m. when the big, huge ones will most likely be sold out and you will end up having to stand in the standby line waiting for um, uh, entrance into the into the attraction. Rise of the <laughs> Thank you. Rise of the resistance and flight of passage are the big ones that you have to worry about for for that those were the I, yes i was trying to specifically bring up the two rides that that are the the ones that you will miss the out on yeah yes. that, that you'll for sure miss out on at least at present um and it's monday morning when we're recording and my brain is still mush from the weekend <laughs> i didn't even yeah. do anything exciting all right so and we also talked about the financial risk about about booking on site through disney you don't have to pay for your tickets up front you have the flexibility of the package with just the 200 dollars deposit and the ability to change your dates should things change and all of that stuff um as Which compared to off-site easy. yeah not as yeah. easy on-site off-site resort no no it's hard um, but, to come up with cons for staying in the bubble but there are a couple well price point obviously and then having um, having to pay for parking at the resort, but every hotel charges a parking fee. And like I said earlier, then at least you're not paying for it at the at the parks if you want it. Um, it's the inventory, honestly. I think this is the thing that pushes people the most towards at least the on-site off-sites that we talked about that we like, the Swan, the Dolphin, and the the uh, Disney Springs ones especially, is that they don't. They want to be close to something, right? Proximity is so important to people. So they right. want to be closer even than, say, the values, right? You know what I mean? They're not really close to anything. At least the Disney Springs hotels are close to Disney Springs. The Swan and the Dolphin are close to Boardwalk. And I think when talking about the Swan and Dolphin, it's important to note inventory-wise, I always have a really hard time booking that unless I'm booking it well in advance um, the Swan and Dolphin, because they're not Disney owned, um, the, the Swan and Dolphin give very few rooms to Disney to actually have you be able to book those through Disney. So oftentimes there is availability if you go just call the resort, the hotel directly and book that way or use your loyalty points, then it's a moot point. But if you specifically want to book through Disney to get kind of some of those perks, um, there's often very low inventory. Yeah. So just, so, right. And so to, to touch on what Jen is saying, when my stay in February, I am staying at the Swan Reserve. I did not book it through Disney. I booked it directly through the Swan again, because there was no inventory through Disney because I'm an annual pass holder. So really purchasing tickets in advance is not an issue for me. Um, the, the perks are mostly the same. It's really just the ticket situation. So this is a great option for annual pass holders, um, or, you know, for people who just want to hang out, my husband's coming with obviously, and he doesn't have a annual pass, but buying him a one day ticket in advance, wasn't a big deal. We're just going for the weekend. So, so it, you know, while the Swan and the Dolphin and the Boardwalk area resorts have the same, um, perks and that we talked about booking it on your own, you have to pay for your tickets in advance. And that's the only problem, but you're right. It doesn't fit into this inventory situation that because the inventory through Disney is a little tight, but if you're a late booker, you might be able to, to get something. A late bloomer. A late booker. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, it's just the, the pricing. If you want general ideas of pricing for on-site hotels, values can run anywhere from like the 180s to the 240s per night, depending on the type and season. Um, more for the value suites can be, you know, those are those run high, moderate to deluxe pricing. Um nowadays probably more deluxe level pricing i feel like they've gone up a bit the moderates which i have gotten to really like a lot of the moderate resorts especially when i drive to disney because proximity becomes less important to me in the 260s to 370s range deluxes they they're up there 500 to 780 a night i've seen some for more depending on really high season nights and then the villas can go up to about 1200 a night of course depending on the room type if you're looking at a three bedroom Villa, they're really expensive. Um, 
And, and much, much higher if you're talking about bungalows and cabins at Polynesian and wilderness and those, you know, I think I might choose one of those before the four before seasons. Four seasons, I'm with yeah. you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I will, let's, let's face facts. I, I will always choose a deluxe on-site before, even before four seasons. I know. I talk a good game. I just can't break away. I can't. It's hard. Um, it's hard. We get, we get addicted to the bubble. So. And it just makes it, they make it so easy. <laughs> it's just so easy it. once you're there and it feels so good. But anyway. Love it. All right. So on-site or off-site, book via Disney resorts, we think, or via, um, or Disney Good Neighbor resorts to be sure that you do get all of the perks for staying on-site, even when you're not. So like we talked about with especially the the tickets, I think that's the biggest one is not having to purchase your tickets up front. Definitely look at the fine print to figure out which one that you are booking and which Disney perks it applies for, because obviously... Um, Different resorts have different perks. Different resorts have different transportation. Just read the fine print, figure it out. We're happy to help you figure it out. What are you getting? What aren't you getting? Really evaluate cost versus versus perks and whatnot. But it's just always easiest for you if you book directly through Disney. All right. Well, thank you for spending another fun episode with us. We can't wait to keep on showing you what we have in store for season three. Um, if you have any questions about on-site, off-site, <laughs> certainly let us know. As always, please be sure to subscribe to our show so that you receive notifications when new content is released and you never miss an episode. And please consider writing us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Follow us on Facebook at Mouse Moms Podcast, where we go live with all of the news out of Disney for the week, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And check out our blog at Moms with an S, blog.com. Bye. Bye. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Here I see. See you real soon. Why? Why? Because we like you. Hey.